Very good morning. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintola. You're welcome to our live broadcast this morning. We're broadcasting this morning from our Facebook um, live feed, and we're also broadcasting from our Pottersgate online radio broadcast. You're welcome this morning. Uh, this morning, once again, the Spirit of the Lord has some very powerful, interesting uh, um, inputs that I believe wants to he wants to deliver to us, that wants to you know give to us. And so I believe this morning, once again, that the Lord is going to help us to dive into the mind of God and take us further into the reality of his design counsel. Well, this morning here in Franjouk, we, we, we're expecting some very uh, um, downpour. So I'm trying all my best to see how we can push before this rain, you know, make a landfall. But we believe in the Lord that it's going to be a time of great spiritual refreshing. You're welcome. Please like the link. Please share the link. Invite your friends, family this morning and uh, wake up everyone. If they're still sleeping, wake them up. Tell them God has something to say. All right. Uh, I want to welcome um, uh, the woman of God. Thank you, uh, Sister Annie, for joining. Thank you, Brother Derek, you know, for joining this morning. And uh, I want to also welcome our listener on the radio this morning. The Lord will take us into another reality into another realm we've been looking at the whole concept of the ministry of the prophet the ministry of the prophet in relating to the, the call the ministry of the trumpet and uh, several things the lord has been really drawing my attention to that i i sense i need to in fact this morning when i woke up i had this strong urgency in my spirit that i need to you know bring this word across to you and use you know, the various platforms, you know, uh, um, Facebook and of course our radio uh, radio uh, p- uh, platform to bring this word across to you. So I-, I sense the Lord has something to share with us. Thank you so much. I, see, I believe God wants to, you know, speak to us in some very unique, special way. He's been speaking to us. I mean, if you've been following, all right, the speakings of the Lord and, you know, the release of his emphasis, you will notice that God has been basically touching almost every area of our life, okay, from our spiritual development, okay, to our national, you know, uh, um, societal concept of existence, all right, to, to, you know, how we deal with ourselves in terms of family, all right, uh, thank you Blanche for joining, all right, so we, we, we want to believe God that every area of our life will be touched and will be covered by the time you know this 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 uh, speakings of God finally you know uh, gets exhausted in terms of the season in time so we we want to look into every area all right like we said in time past that when the season changes all right our modus operandi changes the the idea of how we view God how we view ourselves how we engage with life how we interact with with you know with our family with the people you know within our world and people outside our world has to change we, we must have new sight all right so we cannot continue to live life the way we we you know we we we, we live we're living it all right so our our growth our development our advancement in the things of the spirit brings us into a new position of divine responsibility and accountability all right where we have that you know uh, uh, you know uh, uh, discernment if you will to look into our life and judge where we are based on the current emphasis of the spirit of god and i think that is very important if we really want to continue to journey with god we have to track 
you know, the, 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 you know, the dealings of God, the ways of God, the, the counsel of God, the speakings of God, and his, his emphasis at every season in time that we are not found, all right, in a place where we are just basically living life based on the same old pattern. Thank you, for, uh, brother, uh, brother Rian and uh, Christian for joining this morning. Uh, all right. I just appreciate everyone that is joining us this morning. We want to really believe the Lord to help us to have, you know, the right spiritual template, the right spiritual attitude, and the right uh, uh, understanding of the seasons and the times. I believe this is one of the major work, all right, of the prophetic ministry. I believe this is one of the major assignments of the prophetic, all right, to prepare the church, to prepare the people, all right, to, to, to bring us to a new reality, to bring us to a new position where we can see and understand all right the emphasis of god the dealings of god the requirements of god and 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 help us to interpret what the spirit of the lord is saying thank you Johnny, for joining us right? uh, we believe the lord that we will move for that we will advance we will come into that place of maturity remember the maturity all right unfolds in season all right there was a time in our life where we were defined to be mature but because the season of God, amen, as, 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 you know, has done on us again, because the word of the Lord and the counsel of God and, and the demand of the Lord has brought us to a new level, that point of our maturity today has become a thing of the past. We have to seek another level. We have to seek another, uh, uh, you know, another location in the spirit, all right, to define our maturity. So we cannot say we have come to maturity if we are just defining where we, you know, where we are based on the knowledge that we received three, four, five years ago. Our maturity is a progressive walk with God, all right, until we come to the full stature. The full stature, amen, is the benchmark of our spiritual maturity. The full stature, the full, you know, uh, knowledge of Christ, all right, and the scriptures you know, it actually told us that we can actually grow in the knowledge of God. So we grow in the knowledge of God. So our, our, our work and our, you know, dealings in life has to be tracked with that which the Father is requiring and demanding and speaking for the season. So season basically defines our maturity. Now, this is important. Seasons defines our maturity, right? As we grow, respond, and engage with that which the Father is saying for every new season, there we find, amen, our, our concept of maturity. There we find our voice. There we find our, our, our relevancy because we can be relevant in a season and uh, not be relevant in the next season because we're not following. We're not journeying. We're not allowing God to deal with us and to bring us to a point where, okay, we can see the next reality of his, of his life. Like I shared with you, you know, uh, uh, some time ago. I mean, Jesus wanted to give somebody sight. Here's this guy. He's been blind. All right. They wanted to give him sight. And then they send him. They send him to the pool of Siloam. <laughs> they had to send him to, the pl- to, you know, to another place. They had to... They had, I mean, this guy needed sight. Jesus could have given, given him sight in his location. But Jesus said, no, I'm going to, for me to give you this kind of sight that you need, you have to move to another place. You've got to go to another location. Thank you, Sister Linda. Thank you for joining. You've got to move to another location. You've got to, you've got to advance to another reality, to another realm. And so th- these are things that we've got to, we've got to look into. We've got to consider, I mean, 
he need this guy needs sight but they said even in your state of blindness you have to have mobility my good god you must have mobility to another place called the pool of salam the pool of saint because in that place of saints, all right, you will be given all the modus operandi, all the spiritual technology. There will be an impartation in your life. So, so we're seeing the mind of Christ being revealed as he as he reaches this guy in healing, as he touches this guy in healing. All right, that yes, you need sight. I wanna I wanna give you sight. He, he had he had already you know plastered his face, all right, with mud. But then he sent him that 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 emphasis of being sent. I think it's something that we've got to really consider. We've got to look into. Thank you, Pammy, for joining this morning. All right. Thank you, Brother Desmond, for joining. All right. He was sent. He was sent. He was sent. He was sent. And to me, you know, when you look at scripture, you know, from a very uh, advanced prophetic perspective, you begin to see things and, and, and heaven begins to amplify things in your heart that naturally we will assume or presume or even just scale and jump, jump over them. This guy was sent. You will, you will, you will, you will, I mean, you will agree that this guy is desperate. He, he needed sight. I mean, it's like blind Bartimaeus. Look at this, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Bartimaeus. The scripture said Jesus was walking past, and 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 you know, as I mean, as people were trunking Jesus, and you know, Jesus passed him, and he kept screaming, he kept shouting, he kept calling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, Jesus, son of David, have. What I'm emphasizing here is an attitude. I'm emphasizing something about our posture. I posted something on Facebook this morning that, you know, for us to, you know, to find ourselves in the location of the emphasis of God, we've got to daily cultivate and anticipate the speakings of God in our life. I mean, when I wake up in the morning, I can't just wake up thinking in my mind that, yes, wow, the Lord is good, you know, uh, um, Everything is going to be well. No, I've got to engage God. I've got to position my heart, my mind, my thoughts, you know, my faculties, you know, to that position where I know that I'm going to hear from God. I, I have to, I, I, I have to want to hear from God. I need to want to hear from God. I have to desire to want to hear from God. I cannot assume that God will speak to me when I don't have the passion, when I don't have the desire, when I don't have the hunger, when I'm not, when I'm not questing, when I'm not thirsty. When I'm not hungry, when I'm not thirsty. All right, so there has to be that attitude in your heart. You cannot sit down. You cannot just fold your hand and think that the things of the Spirit is never going to happen. It's never going to happen. The Lord is going to pass you by. We saw that in the life of this man. We saw that in the life of, excuse me, of the line, life of blind Bartimaeus. We saw the attitude of, of you know, uh, 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 what is his name now? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had to climb a tree. You see, the, the emphasis is when God begins to do something, when heaven begins to speak, or heaven, you know, comes to town. When when God comes to town, when the Spirit of God comes to town, you've got to position yourself. You've got to make sure that you, you, you're connected to the greed, to the energy of that which will be released. You cannot allow the voice of God to pass you by. So if you want to hear the sound of God, you've got to be positioned in an atmosphere where you can hear his sound. You've got to create an atmosphere where you can hear the sound. You've got to be in that location where there are, there, there are no you know, clutters, there are no distractions, there, you know, there are no foreign waves. You know, I told you before that when heaven begins to speak, the enemy also increases his voice, his sound, his noise in around you. When God begins to speak to us, that's where uh, all kinds of things are also begins to stay up to, uh, to distract you. 
Because you need, you need vision, you need focus to be able to hear God. You need to be in, the Bible says, ears are there, but they cannot hear. Why can't they hear? They've got ears, but why can't they hear? Because there are other voices, there are all kinds of, you know, voices speaking to, to you know, to confuse, to distract them. So, you first of all got to come to that attitude, that position in your life where you are, you, you are, you are able to, you know, to clear off. You are able to clear, the, you know, clear the air. You are able to remove everything within you that is a distraction so that when God comes speaking, when heaven comes knocking, hallelujah, once you have heard twice, you, have, you, you know, you respond that all past belong to God. When heaven comes speaking, you, you don't begin to drag and delay. You immediately respond to the voice. And I think this is very important for us. Because, you know, spiritual things are birthed by the right attitude. Spiritual things are birthed by the right attitude attitude by the right posture the right mentality spirituality is first an attitude before it becomes an act it must become an attitude let me repeat what i've just said now spirituality must first become an attitude if you don't have an attitude of of a person who is thirsty who is hungry who is yearning who is passionate who is driven who is crazy enough about the things of god you're not going to have it it's not going to happen it's not going to happen. The world is going to pass you by. The cloud is going to pass you by. The fire of God will pass you by and you will not feel anything. The fire of God will be burning and you'll be as cold as, you know, as Iceland. <laughs> you, you'll be as cold as the North Pole. In the days of God's fire, you will, you will remain cold. Why? Because your heart is not connecting. Because your heart, all right, and, and, and let me say this to balance what I'm saying. You know, this is a good foundation. You see, because of the things that the enemy has done in terms of discrediting the values of, 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 of spiritual leadership and the whole idea of the purpose of God's church, the ecclesia. You see, the devil is, I told you this before, the enemy is a, is a strategist. What he does is, when God said, I'm going to send, you know, prophets to certain place. Let's say, for, for all I care, God said, okay, I'm sending some prophets from Nigeria to, to, you know, to South Africa. The Lord made that broadcast. So, the devil hears the broadcast. So, you know what he does? He gathers his own prophets. He sends them. They become the forerunner. He sends them to South Africa to pollute the whole atmosphere, to destroy everything that the prophetic may represent. So that when, when the, the true prophet arrives, people are already, uh, you know... Uh, you know, discouraged, you know, they're, you know, skeptical. They, they've built all kinds of walls. So now God is speaking through the right prophet, but now you're judging the right prophet through the ones you've heard before, the ones you've seen the, before, the charlatans and the thieves and the robbers and the one who came through the window, who never actually came through the door. So, so it becomes difficult for you to open your heart. It's like a woman that has been married before a man, or for all I care. You, you've, you've been in a relationship, but, I mean, but the relationship ended up in a very, you know, uh, uh, sour, you know, end, difficult, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. And now there's somebody else in your life who really wants to show you love, who really wants to minister life to you, but you're very skeptical, and you're looking, and you're wondering, hmm, is he also going to do the same? Is she also going to do the same? Am I also going to end up? So, so you, 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 you build up this wall. You build up a wall that hinders 
that hinders the truth, that hinders the true lover, all right, to express, you know, his love into your life. And that's what we've done today in the church. Because of so many experiences that we have faced, we have engaged, all right, so many, you know, stories, you, you hear of all kinds of, I don't know if we want to start going into all those issues. Thank you, Brother Annette, for joining. You, we, we, I don't want to go into all the things we've been through, we faced, all right, that people have done in the name of God, people that have represented themselves, people who send themselves without being sent by God. People who came, all right, who all they talked about is how they can skim you, how they can skim and skim, and skim all right, the, 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 the ship. Where God said, I'm going to sh- send you shepherd after my own heart. Now, these are, these are shepherds who have come in their own name, all right, who basically have depended on the sheep to feed them rather than them feeding the sheep. So these are people who have destroyed, they have maligned, they have misrepresent all right, the speakings and the comings of God in our lives. So when we say the kingdom of God is coming to you, so tell me something else. <laughs> tell me, okay, the kingdom is coming, but tell me, tell me the next thing you want to say, the kingdom of God is coming, so you've got to sow a seed. I'm not here to tell you to sow a seed. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, understand, you understand what I'm saying? So, so we, we, we've got these people who have misrepresented God. They've come in all kinds of you know, ways and all kinds of names. They've come with all kinds of spirit, all kinds of foreign ideas, all kinds of crazy mindsets. And we, we look at them and we think, you know, initially we believe that, yes, they must be sent of God. But, at, you know, at a time, maybe... Two, three, four years down the line, we begin to realize, my good God, this guy's a disappointment. Yes, and they are a disappointment. And the Lord is really disappointed about, about you know, the, the, the condition of his church. But that's why right now, he, you know, he's sending his prophets. You know, he's raising his own voice. And his voice must stand within the midst of, or at the misrepresentation. You know, I cannot run away. I cannot shut away from my calling as a prophet. I cannot tell people I'm not a prophet because of how people have, you know, you know, misrepresented and destroyed, you know, the prophetic ministry. No, my duty is to make sure that I clean up those poopoos. I clean up the mess. It's my duty. It's my call. All right. I must be able to take the bullet. I must be able to take the shot. I must be able to, you know, be, 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 be misunderstood. And I've been misunderstood before. Not for, not for a month, not for two years, not for three years, for several years, you know, that I've been in South Africa, people have been wanting some. I'm sure some people are still waiting. Let's see what this uh, this guy who calls himself, uh, you know, Isaiah. Let's see what is, where he's going. He, he, at the end of the day, he's going to tell us about money. I'm not here to tell you about money because I've seen money in my life. I've seen money. It's not about money. The kingdom of God is not about money. The kingdom of God needs money, amen, to drive its agenda. But we are not going to follow the path. We're not going to follow the charlatan path, all right, to, you know, to skim the people of God, to lie to them. I would never do that. I'd rather die. Listen to me. I'd rather die than to do that. Because the end does not just, you see, I understand that. The end does not justify the means. It is the process that justifies the end. And that's why I'm not afraid to say things that I say, you see. Because I'm not looking for any platform. I'm not looking for... That's why God gave me this platform to speak to you. If you, if you, if you love what you're hearing, you will come again and say, I like what that guy is saying. I'm, I want to listen to him. And I'm not calling you to join my network. I don't have any network that I'm building. I'm just, I'm just a voice of one crying in the wilderness. I'm just one sent to prepare the way of God. And move into the, the, the seasons of God. And help you to come into the seasons of God. So I hope and I pray that you will truly open your heart. Because listen to this. A time is going to come. You may not have the Isaiah that will tell you this truth. That will, that will say it the way it is. You may not have somebody like that again. So while you have this opportunity, please open your heart and trust. 
what God is saying to you. Because I know one thing. If you hear the truth, your heart will connect with it. If you hear that which represents amen, the true authentic voice of God, even though you may not want to accept it, but your heart will be showing you that green light. This is the truth. This is the McCoy. This is the authentic. This is real. You may not like the way the person speaks. You may not like, you know, his mannerism. You may not like, you know, you may not like his personality. But guess what? You've got to love the truth. You've got to love the way he communicates. And sometimes, you know, the way we, we speak and the way we address certain things is because of how people have misrepresented the grace and the giftings of God in the past. So, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if, if I hurt the apostles and I hurt the prophets and the bishops, you know, and the big names and, and, you know, and the fat cows of Bashans today who represent themselves in the church and, and, you know, and, 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 you know, and all these elite groups who call themselves God knows what. I'm sorry if I offend you. My, my call is not to offend you, but to declare the truth, to proclaim the truth and to set the people of God free. Hallelujah. That's my calling. That's why I'm a prophet. I'm not, I'm, I'm not an apostle. I've got a grace and the gift of an apostle, but I'm not, I'm not an apostle. I'm a prophet. I speak the word without, without blinking my eyes. I tell you the truth without blinking my eyes. I don't see black and call it white. Or mix the two and say it's gray. No, that's, that's, not, that's not the kingdom of God. You see, if you're trying to build some big buildings, your big, some big structure, you lie to the people, you pretend to the people. So that the people can, you know, can feel fine, you know, so they can continue to give offering. No, we will preach the truth and those who God touched their heart with so we give into our life. As I, as I am right now, you know, there are maybe two, three people who say, you know, I want to be a blessing to you. I don't have people. I don't have money coming from anywhere. I don't have money coming from, nobody's sponsoring me. What I'm doing, I'm not being sponsored by anybody. There's no group sending money to me every year, every month and say, I, I, you know, Prophet Isaiah, this is, we're sending. No, except for one or two people, God touches their heart. And even one person, till today, I don't know that person. The person every month blesses me. I still don't know who that person is. That's God. That is God. You see, with people like that, you can declare and decree the word of God and proclaim the day of the Lord. And you're not afraid because you, you're, not, you're, not, you're, you're not wondering if you're hurting them. No, it's not for me to bother to start thinking, am I hurting you with the message? No, as long as my heart is open and pure and clean and I'm delivering the word of God to you all right, on a platter of truth, on, of gold. I'm not using, I'm not using inferior, inferior vessel to give you the word of God. I'm giving to you the way heaven places it in my heart. You see, with such word, your life cannot be the same. There will be a push. There will be an advancement. There will be a change because the word of God is not just what changes you. The vessel that God uses to proclaim the word, to deliver the word of God also plays a role in that which, hallelujah, impact and affect your life. The person who God uses, the person Oh, welcome, sir. I see Apostle Godfrey joining us. Thank you. The person whom God uses to convey the word of God to you plays a major role in the impact of the word of God in your life. It's important that we understand that. So it's not just about hearing the truth. It's not just hearing, you know, some very good, powerful sermon. No, it's beyond that. The person, the instrument that God uses 
You see, the instrument God uses to bring his word to nations, to people, to society. My good God. That's why God takes time to process his man, to, to refine his man, to build his man. When, when, when you think you're ready, they take you back to the fire. And they see some areas in your life that is still not perfect. Then they send you back to the fire. <laughs> and you think, yes, now I'm ready. They say, no, no, go back to the fire again. Until you are purified seven times as gold and silver purified in the furnace of fire. Then they say, now go represent me. Because when you see gold, your, your voice will not change. Your name will not change. Your identity will not change. And the message will not change. There are people today that gold has taken, taken their voice, taken their message, taken their platform. They cannot represent God. They cannot represent God. The vessel that God uses to birth. You see, the things, what makes a difference in every generation. When you hear that a man lived in a generation. When you hear of certain names. And, and you, you know, you, 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 you want to shed tears. When you hear of certain names, you want to, you, you know, you feel, you, you, you feel goose, goosebumps. You bow the knees. You cannot but to say, honor, general. Why? Because the process, how, how God processed those people is the same Bible you're preaching, they preached. It's the same word you preach, they preach. But what makes the difference is what they went through, how God processed them, how God built them, the things heaven took them through, yes. He said, a body you have prepared for me. A body you have prepared for me. So we, we come into that day where heaven is continually speaking to us and emphasizing the importance of divine representation this is a day of divine representation and in this representation there are all kinds of sound that will be coming to us the last time I was thinking about this and the Lord began to speak to me about you know the seven chords you see on the keyboard you've got seven chords I'm not a keyboard player but I know a little bit about music you see on the, on, on the keyboard all right You've got seven chords that you've got to play, at least to be able to get nice music. You've got to play seven chords. All right. After the seventh chord, you've got to start all over again. You've got to you've got to either start or transpose to another key that also carries another seven. Alright? It's like the Remi Fasalati Do Do Mi. You know, from there, from Do, you go to another Do, but on a higher eclipse, on a higher, you know, note. You see, that's the things of the spirit. You may be in the seventh day, but you are in the seventh day on a low key. Karabayata. On a low key. And for you to be able to bring forth the sound of God, you've got to go to another step. Another step of the seventh note. It's still the seventh note, but from a different frequency now you're sounding the note. That's why in God, you see, when we say we're journeying, I said earlier on that in God, our maturity are in seasons. Season defines how we mature. Season defines the, the validation of how we are matured in God. Not what we knew. Not what we, not what we heard before. Not where we were before. No, seasons is the seasons of God. When, when heaven declares a new season, everything that defines your maturity in the past season ceases to operate. Everybody is defined obsolete. In other words, whatever defines your season in the past now becomes amen, a, f- a full step to the next day. That's why the Bible says you've got to be like a child to 
enter. Entering the kingdom of God is a continual process, is a continual thing. You 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 were you were at this first day of the kingdom, alright. So now heaven emphasizes something new. They say now you've got to go up higher, you've got to come to another level. So now you've got to come with an attitude. Remember, I was talking about attitude when we began. You've got to come with an attitude of I don't know. I am blind. Help me, Lord. What are you saying, Father? Teach me. Then you submit. You submit. You submit to the voice of the next season. And that voice may come in all kinds of manner and all kinds of... Sometimes, as men of God, they will ask you to leave your ministry. Leave your ministry. Go sit somewhere. They will say, go. Sit somewhere. Go learn somewhere. You've got a ministry. Let the ministry continue. Give the ministry to somebody else. But they say, you go somewhere. Just go sit down. So that that which that which heaven is proclaiming in the now, amen, is internalized. The other said, "Is internalized. It's built within you. That is how they train me. You know, at each season of my life, they shut me down and they say, now you've got to submit to this voice. It doesn't mean that you're submitting to the voice of a man. You're submitting to the voice of the season. You're submitting to the voice of the season. You're submitting to that which heaven is proclaiming. Remember, you are not the, you are not the owner of the church. You are just a, an instrument, a channel that is carrying out what heaven is saying in the construction of his house, in the construction of his church. So when the sound of heaven comes upon your atmosphere, all right, and you don't really understand that sound, you need you need the minister of Priscilla and Aquila, even though you are Alexandra. Even though you are eloquent, even though you've got anointing, even though you've got a voice, you've got influence, you are known all over. But you've got to find your Aquila and Priscilla and submit to them so that they can build you up and take you to the next level in the Father. They take you up to the next level in the Father. This is how we grow in the things of God. You see, because... The way we define ministry and the way we define the work of God and the way we define relationship has to change. Because, you know, our life, I said this some time ago, what defines creation, particularly humans, is the ability to grow. Is the, is the ability to grow. Everything in God grows. And, and grow, excuse me, growth means so many things to God. Means so many things to God. The ultimate reality of growth is that we come to Christ in every ramification of our existence. Be it in your financial life, your business, your community life, your relationship, your position as a teacher, you know, as one of the gifts of the ministry, or even as a representative of government. All right, that you continue to grow. But you see, the thing is, you cannot grow if you don't understand the emphasis of God for the season of the growth. Because we don't just grow for growing sake. We grow for purpose sake. We grow for intention sake. We go for a reason. You've got to understand the reason. So, so when heaven now says it's a new day, like now we say it's a new day, God is saying something new. The first question you've got to ask yourself is, okay, what is it about the day? After all, some of the things you're saying, I've heard them before. I've heard them preach before. Yes, you've heard them preach before, but not in the current emphasis of the Spirit of God. 
So you've got to be able to track the spirits. You've got to be able to find the emphasis. You've got to be able to find and locate the demand of God. Then you submit to the growth that is required. That's how we grow. Growth sometimes does not mean large. It means that you are firm. You are established. You are, you are secure. You are aligned. You are relevant. You, 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 you focus. And, 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 and you are responding. In fact that is the essence of growth. That you are able to respond. So, so all the spiritual faculties. That defines your personality. All right, are demanded to what? To mature. Because we're not building on organization in the things of the spirit. We're building an organism. And because it's organism, so it grows. Organizations don't grow. An organization, because organization is, is just technical. It's, 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 you know, it's structure. It's structure-based. Right. But when the organization embraces the spirit of organism, then the life of God within that organism begins to express itself, begins to develop, begins to mature. And that, that life, all right, is, is a communal life because everything that is in God, amen, relates in community. That's why you've got to understand the ecosystem of the spirit. That, that you cannot grow all by yourself. You cannot grow all by your own gift. You cannot grow all by your own calling. You've got to grow because you're connected, amen, to the life of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not an organization. The kingdom of God is an organism. And this kingdom operates in a manner, hallelujah, that cuts beyond the boundaries, amen, of identity, of, you know, of ethnic, ethnic, ethnicity. It cuts beyond the boundary of, you know, a family and in biology, you know. The only thing basically that defines you from me today is the geography, is the geography, is the, when you remove the geography, amen, we are one. Because what God is building, amen, cannot be hindered, amen, by, by boundaries. In, in your body, there are no boundaries. But every part of your body know where they need to stop to allow the next part, amen, to continue. Yes, the Bible says the body of Christ. The body of Christ is, is like a human body. Everything functions, supplies, amen, its own nutrients, its own sinew, amen, to grow all together. We're coming into Christ. But we cannot come into Christ if we don't understand our place, our role. And your role and place becomes relevant when you submit to your own season amen, of demanded growth, of demanded development. So wherever you are right now, heaven is commanding you, he's declaring, he's proclaiming that you've got to grow. So you start beginning to ask the Lord, where, where are the areas? What are the things in my life that I need to grow away from or that are, that are overgrown? Because if you don't know that you've outgrown certain things, guess what? You're not going to grow into the next reality. Like I told you some time ago, if you love a nice shirt that you bought some years back, and that shirt when you bought it, my good God, it's just beautiful. You love it. Everybody likes it. Or maybe a dress, whatever it is, or shoe. But guess what? As you grow, you outgrow that thing. If you, don't, if you don't want to leave that thing when the time of that thing all right, passes, guess what? That thing is going to be a burden to you. In fact, that thing be, will become an instrument of shame because now you've, you, you've, you have outgrown that thing. Amen. The, the thing has done its time, is wear off, it's already tearing. But, but in your mind, you're still thinking of how it was back then. You, you, know, you see, that's one thing about the imagination. If you allow your imagination to be fixative of 
of, of how you began, where you began from, all right? Those wonderful days, those glorious days, those days of impartation. You know, you, you know what, I, what I'm talking about. You know, there are days in your life, there were seasons in your life where you, it's like you just cannot leave this realm. You've come to your nest. You enjoy the nest. You celebrate the nest. I mean, Job was in that position where he, I mean, he celebrated his day of nest. Heaven came one day and began to and began to tear the nest because heaven wants him to fly. You're an eagle, but you're not gonna remain at this point. You've got to learn to fly. So they began to they began to you know shatter and shake and you know and tear all you know every, every comfort zone in your life. Why it's not for you to fall, it's for you to come to your default reality of flapping your wings and gliding your wings so you can then fly above amen the storms of life. You see, if we don't understand these dynamics, we will, we will miss God and we will, in fact, assume that what God is saying, that what God is emphasizing to us, amen, is to destroy us rather than building us, rather than encouraging us, rather than empowering us. All right, I've said all these things to highlight some very important points. That I want us to look into this morning. As we continue to examine. The voice of God. The trumpet of the spirit. This morning while I was thinking about this. Message. Suddenly it it dawned on me that. Some of the most powerful activity that Jesus stepped into. Some of the most powerful declarations that Jesus made. Were actually made on the seventh day. This day, according to the Jewish, you know, uh, ceremonial calendar, is actually called the day of the feast or the, the day of the feast of the trumpet. All right. Now it's important that we understand this because when God speaks, He speaks in context, and the context is what actually releases the grace for impartation of that which heaven intends to birth in our life. So it's important that when we read script of God, understand the context. And one of the things I quickly want to do is to read the context of, you know, this this declaration that Jesus made. Remember, we're dealing with all right, the, the days of the, of, of, of the voice of God, the days of the trumpet of God, the days of the, of the sound of heaven. All right? And we connected this to a scripture that we began to look at almost two months now, Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist was at the backside of Jordan baptizing. I'm going to come back to the scripture, but I just want to take your mind back to where we began. And the Bible says, as John was baptizing the people, he was baptizing the people in preparation for something. But the day came, in fact, when, the, when, the, when that day came, all right, the ministry and the message of John became obsolete. Because his message was to prepare a generation. His message was to prepare his people. For something, for a person, for a, for a move, for a manifestation. So he's been declaring this thing, and and the whole message of John the Baptist is captured, all right, in his baptism. Baptism means to initiate people into something. This was a ritual. Baptism was a ritual, all right, and it's still a ritual. Baptism is not what saves us, all right. It's basically, a, you know, an open declaration. It's a ritual to declare that we have been transformed. We've been translated, amen, from our old life into a new life. 
So when, when you baptize people, all right, there, there's nothing spiritual about baptism. It is the ritual, and that ritual must be internalized in the heart of people. So when, when we go through the ritual of baptism, all right, people need to know that being deep into the water, all right, is not what saves you. You, you just go into the water wet, all right? Or rather, you go into the water, yes, you go into the water wet, you come out wet, basically. It does not what changes you. But, but the act, the symbolism behind it, right, triggers something within our spirit that literally translates us from where we are, from our former position to a new reality. All right? So we cross from one point to the next. We cross from death to life. So John was baptizing people into something that was coming. And a day came that that which he was declaring, he said, repent for the kingdom. That word repent was, was connected, all right, was activated by baptism. Repent for the kingdom of God is coming. So a day came that that kingdom became a reality and he declared, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of man. That singular declaration of John the Baptist obsolates his ministry, at least from that point old order of baptism because what he was baptizing them for has appeared even though they didn't know him the, 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 the reality of the declarations of John's message you know you know stood before the people but the people could not identify they could not relate they could not connect that this cannot be what you're baptizing us to John you mean you've been baptizing us to this man this son of Mary this son of Joseph he cannot be the person or he is the person but the Lord needs to open your eyes to see even John the Baptist while doing that did not fully understand what he was doing because as a, as a point at a time in his life where he, he faced you know the, the most you know you know a, a, a challenging you know a, a excruciating you know you know persecutions of his life the, the scripture said he sent a message to Jesus he said are you the one to come or should we be waiting for another person because I cannot understand I've done what I need to do. Why am I going through this? Listen to this. See how John's ministry ended up. He was beheaded. How would you like your ministry to end up in that point of beheading? (laughs) You see, to the human mind, John did not finish well, they would say. But that was the point of glory. That was the point of glory. That was a glorious finishing. Because that was symbolic. That nobody is going to come into the day of the Lord with his head. With his own wisdom. With his own authority. With his own leadership. So basically John was, was a message. Was a prophetic message. Amen. To the next seasons of God for the church. That you will not step into the finality of God's purpose with your own head intact. Jesus is the head of the church. Not a man. And not an institution. Not an organization. So while Aero thought he was actually beheading the head of John, he didn't know that he was actually fulfilling a prophetic hallelujah, a, a, a desire in the heart of God. Just like amen, Jesus was fulfilling amen, a prophetic desire in the heart of the Father by, by being crucified on the cross. You see, when, when we have prophetic understandings of the activities of God within and around our life, it changes our perspective and it changes our attitude in embracing and relating and engaging with life. 
I mean, I've been through some of the most excruciating, you know, challenges in life that is, that is enough for any man to run out of ministry. To say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm done with ministry. But you see, every time I want to come to the end, the Lord says, you need to come to the end of yourself, not the end of ministry. I want to bring you to the end of yourself. Because when you come to the end of yourself, then your eyes will be open to see that this is just my beginning in your life. This is just my beginning in your life. No, it's not the end of your ministry. It's the end of yourself. When you come to the end of yourself, then they bring you to the beginning of God in your life. So John basically was a symbol to tell us that you can do whatever you need to do, but if you want to enter the day of the Lord, the day of the feast of the Lord. You see, the, 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 you know, the, the, the calling of the feast, the ceremonial feast under the Jewish you know, uh, um, law you know, was, the last, was the last of the feast. I mean, in fact, when you, when you go through you know, uh, Passover, you go through uh, Pentecost, you, you, you come to the feast. You see, the seven feasts are all broken down into, categorized into, into three points. Is the is the is the Passover? Is Pentecost? All right. Is the Feast of Tabernacle? The Feast of Tabernacle basically is where you find the Feast of the Trumpet. And so, when you come to the day of the Feast of the Trumpet, your life ceases to operate. Your concept of ministry ceases to operate because at that point, the voice of God that defines ministry changes. So this, this basically is what the Lord was trying to bring us to understand. And I'm saying all this thing to connect to this declaration that Jesus made in John, John chapter 7. Let's look at John chapter 7 if you have your Bible. John chapter 7. Thank you, Father. John chapter 7 verse, uh, let's look at it from verse 36. The scripture says, what does it mean by saying? You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. Track with me now. Follow me. Follow me, please. Jesus made some declaration. But I don't want to, you know, overburden you with the whole message. You can please read the entire scripture yourself. But Jesus made a, a, a statement here. He says, where I am, you cannot come. So they asked the question, what does he mean? What, what is he talking about? You know, it's like the Pharisees and the disciples, you know, argues. So what does he mean by saying that you will look for me, but you will not find me? And where I am, you cannot come. He's not saying where I'm going. He said, but where I am, you cannot come. Then verse 37, beautiful scripture. On that, on that last great feast day, or on that last and greatest day of the feast. Which feast is this? This is the feast of trumpets. This is the feast of trumpets. On that last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and called out in a loud, I want you to know this, in a loud voice, in a trumpetrous voice. 
It was like basically blowing a sofa, blowing a trumpet with this declaration. In fact, the literal Greek say he was he was sounding like a trumpet when he made this declaration. And, 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 and this is the declaration. If anyone, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. This is, this is the declaration. Remember, we've dealt with, you know, the whole concept of building, you know, uh, these two trumpets. And he said the trumpet are for the gathering of the people and for the scattering of in other words, the movement of the of the of the people of God. So the trumpet we see is basically helping us to understand how to gather. And right now, heaven is defining, Amen, our idea, our concept of gathering as the ecclesia. All right, I told you some time ago that the way we've been gathering in the name of church has become obsolete. I repeat it again: has become obsolete. You've got to find and track the voice of the Spirit of God through the release of the prophetic intent of God for the season to know how we've got to define our gathering. If you're a pastor, you're listening to me, you're an apostle, whatever you're doing. If you're gathering people Sundays, you're gathering people Wednesday, Thursday, you've got to understand that there is a new way that we must gather. There's a new attitude, there's a new mindset, there is a new emphasis in our gathering and for our gathering because in the day where they begin to say scatter when the people scatter you will lose them <laughs> you didn't hear me because you see right now what we're saying heaven is telling us to scatter to go out to go forth because there's a breaking out heaven is moving heaven is speaking heaven is releasing a message into the atmosphere that is that is releasing the people away from the church you see what I'm saying? I just said what I said. Heaven is declaring and releasing a message right now that is taking people out of our church, out of our structure, out of our cage, <laughs> out of our houses, out of our so-called fathering leadership, you know, authority. Everything that does not define the, the, the life, the, the grace and the ministry and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the and the essence of God for the people of God that we have imbibed, that we have built, that we have accepted in the name of building church, in the name of doing church. This is the day of judgment. God is scattering those things now. And the people will be regathering in another dimension, another tribe, all right? That the sound of God, that the voice of God, that the heart of God can be found. So I'm saying this to you, amen. In one, if you are, if you are a pastor, you're, you're, you, you know, you're gathering people, you've got a ministry to congregate people. I beg of you, I beg of you, change your wine skin. Change your perception. Your message may be sounding the same like mine, but if your if your heart right, is, is directed to something else, if your attitude, if your posture, if your agenda is towards something else, guess what? The judgment of God, amen, will invade your house, will invade your home, will invade your ministry and scatter the people to your tent, O Israel. You see, that's why I can declare this thing. Because God has positioned us to watch over the atmosphere that speaks over the people of God in this new day. If your heart is right and you're open and honest and, 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 and truthful, you have nothing to fear. In fact, you will embrace what I'm saying. <laughs> you will rejoice to see my day. 
He said, my good God, I've been waiting for you to say these things. But you've got an agenda. You're lording over the people. You're portraying something else to the people. You, you're controlling the people. Your life, your attitude, you know, as a bishop, is to, is to lord it down over the people. Now, when people look at you, they think there's no one else. In fact, you have so captured the people to the point that the people can no longer hear God. And all they see is you, your garments, your regalia, your attitude, your big rings, your big cross has built another image of Christ in the mind of the people. The day of the Lord is coming to you. So I'm saying this thing because you see, we are called to be an extension of the church that Christ is building in the earth. Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. I will build my church and the gates of hell. Listen to this. The gates of hell are systems. The gates of hell are traditions of men. The gates of hell all right, are religious systems. The gates of hell all right, are all kinds of value systems that we have brought into the house of God. God said to Ezekiel, come. I want to show you something here. Come and see what the elders, the elders, the elders of my, of my house, of my church, of my people are doing behind the curtain. I want to show you. God had to break the wall and took Ezekiel through. He says, see what these people are doing. I'm a voice like Ezekiel. The heaven has shown things. And we're saying this thing shall no longer continue. The way, amen, people have been doing it. The way people have been building it. Heaven is judging the thing. The system we call church. God is scattering the house. The people are living and will be connected. You see, but in the season of connection, we have to minister healing to them. Because you have, you have abused, you have misused, you have robbed the people, you have skinned the people, you have lied to the people. We have to now begin to minister healing to the people so that they will not look at us and point accusing finger at us because of your misrepresentation. It's amazing that a lot of people can see a lot of things wrong in the church, but nobody wants to take the towel. Nobody wants to bend down. Nobody wants to stoop low like Jesus and clean the mess. You see, Jesus washed the, the dust out of, out of the feet of the church. You see, a lot of us have turned that to a ritual. No, that's not a ritual. That is a message to us. The dust is the flesh. The dust is the carnality that we have, that we have gathered and we have brought into the house. And Jesus said, for you to be able to enter into this new day, I've got to wash your feet. Father, hear your voice. I've got to wash your feet. Peter said, no, I'm not going to allow, <laughs> I'm not going to allow you to wash my feet. Jesus said, sorry, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. You have no part in this thing. You will not step into this third day. You will not, you will see it from afar, but you will not touch it. Peter said, okay, then don't just wash my feet. Wash my entire body. Jesus said, no, he that is washed is clean. It's not your whole body that is dirty. It's your feet. Because the feet is the point of ministry. Am I speaking to you? Via the voice of God. Your feet. You see, because you're doing ministry. And when you're doing ministry, you're not cautious. You're not careful. You will be gathering dust. And guess what? Satan has been been banished. Has been baptized with the ministry of eating dust. 
No wonder Jesus said, you will bruise his head, but he will bruise your what? Your heel. Your heel is the place of ministry, brother. Your heel is the place of ministry, apostle. Your heel is the place of ministry, bishop. Your heel. That's where Satan bruises. He will bruise your heel. He will bruise the heel of the seed. So you've got to understand what the Lord is saying to us. Don't let no man fool you. Don't let no man deceive you. You're gathering dust. You're gathering flesh. You're gathering... You see, ministry is the most vulnerable place in life. It's the most vulnerable place in life, amen, to become carnal. Ministry is the most vulnerable place to become sexually perverted. Ministry, I'm going to say this now. Come on. I'm going to say this by the Spirit of the Lord. Ministry is the most vulnerable place where you can lose, you can lose your identity. You can lose your call. You can lose amen, your, 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 your passion for God. In ministry. In ministry. Not outside ministry. Because ministry all right, is the marketplace. That's where all kinds of people... Do you know the number of people that come to your church every Sunday? Do you know the kind of things they bring? Do you know the kind of character, the kind of attitude, the kind of spirit that follows them to the house? You want you want 20,000 people. That's 20,000 problem. You want you want 100,000 people in your church. That is 100,000 problem. You want oh, we want to reach a million people. Do you have capacity for a million? Do you have a capacity for 10,000 problem? We're talking about problems that have been there. Inherited problems. Some of these people, they inherited the problem from their great-grandfather. You have the prophetic sight, you see. So, so you've got to understand. No wonder Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name. Because two or three enough. Two or three people, amen, has got enough problem. Enough, enough problem to deal with in a lifetime. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said he prayed and hoped that when he returns, all right, all right, that 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 you will still amen, remain in ministry. But then he went further and he said, he said, some of you, all right, will still be in Jerusalem doing ministry by the time the Lord comes. But basically, what he's saying is, the, the 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 challenges within the walls of Jerusalem will be so much that you will not even have the capacity to move beyond Jerusalem to other sphere of life. You've got to understand the context of what I'm saying this morning. The ministry is not just some child's play. It's a place where you have to clean dust off the feet of people. And there are all kinds of dust. Dust of perverted immorality. Dust of homosexual. Dust of you know, lesbianism. Dust of carnality. Dust of corruption. Dust of theft. Of lie. Of stealing. Dust. Of, of dust. Excuse me. Dust of all kinds of, all kinds of fleshy kind of attitude. Un, ungodly attitude. All kinds of issues are all coming. They're coming. Because when people walk into your house, just remember they're walking with all kinds of dust. You're walking with all kinds of dust. Are you ready? Do you have the capacity? Do you have what it takes to clean, to wash, to stoop low? To stoop low, to guard your loins. Jesus, the Bible says Jesus got up from the table. He got up from the table and he guarded his loins. He got the bowl of water. Got the tower, bent down on his knees and began to clean. He began to wipe. He began to wipe. The Bible says he began to clean the dust off the feet. That was symbolic. That was symbolic. That was symbolic. If you cannot do that, then you're not ready for this day, this new day of the Lord. Because there are all kinds of dust that men have gathered from, you know, from, from, from all kinds of places they've been. All kinds of issues that 
that have happened to them in life. My good God. You don't even want to begin to understand and begin to unpack the things people are going through. And these people are coming, sitting, they say, we want to hear the word of the Lord. Is that not what the Lord said in the book of Ezekiel? He said, this will come. They will sit before you say, yes, speak to us, man of God. But guess what? They only hear what they want to hear. Because there are all kinds of high places in their mind that these doors that have that gathered or have, have, have built up, you know, heaps and, 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 you know, and high places within their minds. You see, when you don't wash dust off people's feet, guess what? Those doors will Cover their entire body before you know it. You've got to learn to wash. Wash. Wash them by the washing of the water. Don't, 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 don't let them come and you're lying to them. And you're only telling them what they want to hear. Or you go to a place only where you, or, or, you know, go to only to a place where you only hear what, you know, they, they tell you. What to soothe your flesh. When, when you go to a place where they tell you the truth, they, you, you just leave. My, my, I can stand this man. I can stand this man of God. I can stand his attitude. I mean, he's got an attitude. Did you see the way he's talking to me? Did you see the way he's talking? Come on. No, I can stand here. Bye. You go to another place. And, and that one also fire you. No, I can't stand here. Guess what? You become an harlot in the house of God. Because you don't want people to wash the, the dust off your feet. Minister of the washing by the water by the word of God. Thank you, Brother Bland, for joining. The ministry of the washing of the water. They will wash the they will have to wash the, the dust out of your feet. Because the feet is the place of ministry. Ministry, remember I told you there are three dimensions where we express ministry. Ministry first is in the face because Christ is the head of the church. Alright? So ministry is in the face. It's in the face. If you're not beholding Jesus Christ, you're not beholding Jesus Christ, you don't know what you're called to do. You don't know who you are. And you'll never find your identity. You'll be running around trying to be like Isaiah or try to be like another man of God. You'll be copying people. You'll be you become a duplicate, a copycat. You know, that's what a lot of people are doing. All right. Isaiah's declaring a new day, is a third day. So you also carry the message, third day, and you start running. You don't even understand jack of what that means. So you're running around, you're running around doing your own thing, you're running around saying your own thing because you don't want to listen to what heaven is saying through the face of Jesus Christ. So ministry is first a face ministry. You behold him. The more you behold Jesus, the more you see yourself because it's in the face of Jesus that you know yourself, that you identify yourself. You don't know Jesus by looking at somebody else. You don't know Jesus by looking at another man. You don't know Jesus by looking at another church. You don't know Jesus by looking at another man gift. Come on. It's not a competition. You've got to understand that. So when, the, when you see Christ, you see by looking at his face, then they begin to empower you. They empower your hand because the hand is the feast where you engage. You carry things. That's a place of labor. Ministry is face, intimacy, reality, revelation, knowledge, but then the hand is the place of service. You've got to, you know, you've got to, you know, you know, you know, uh, 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 you remove your sleeves, amen. You've got to pull off your sleeves, all right? And then you've got to get your hand, all right? Dirty. And that's the place of the mixture. It's called the house of the potter. That's the place that they begin to shape, uh, amen, what you want, what they want you to reflect, what they want you to, to birth, all right? They begin to shape that. You come to the house of the potter. So it's all it's all muddy. It's all fleshy. It's, 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 it's all, you know, it, it's all clay. There's a walking. It, it's there's a chiseling, there's a breaking, all kinds of things are taking place.
Christ in your life and you don't understand. Yes, you've, you've seen things. You've seen the revelation. You've seen glory. You've seen Christ. But hey, yeah, it's not enough. They've got to take you to the next level. Amen. It's called hand. And that hand must engage. Your hand must engage. The hand of Christ must engage in your life. Yes, they've shown you great things. I mean, my good God, if I begin to tell you the things I have seen about my life, about my calling, they've told me things. Like they've shown me things. You're going to do this. You're going to be here. A lot of us, when we see the face, we run. We run. We say, ah, come back here. We've got to, we've got to perfect the hand aspect. So, so you, they begin to do all kinds of things in your life. The hand of Christ is upon you. And the, the hand of Christ begins to work in your life, in your character, in your attitude. And you cry, God, no, no, no. This is sorry. We've got to perfect this area of your life. You, you, you've got grace. You've got gift. But you are still calm and you're still fleshy. Your attitude is still, is still not right. We've got to deal with the anger. We'll deal with, with, you know, with the corruption. We'll deal with you know, the dysfunctionality. We'll deal with that loneliness in your life. We'll deal with that you know, mindset of fear and doubt and, and being held back. We, we deal with all those areas. So it's the hand of the Lord working in your life. The hand is, is it the hand of the potter. All right, God murdered. And when he fashioned the thing and it's not looking the way he wants, uh, he breaks it down again and starts the whole process again because there is something in the heart of the master, in the heart of the king that he wants manifest in that which is it. You see, if, if a very good artist don't just take pen and start drawing. No, he draws because of something in his mind. He draws, you see, I'm, I'm an artist, you know, you know, by, 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 the, by, the call, by the call of God, by the grace of God, I love arts. And, and there are things that I see. There are things that I see. And as I see, when, I, when, I, when I'm on my computer, you see, I can draw with a computer. I'm a digital artist. I can draw with a computer, but I can't draw with my hand. I don't know how to draw because I was never taught, you know. But I, I came into, my, into art based on my prophetic giftings. Because, you know, God will speak to you through images, pictures, sounds, all kinds of things. And that drew my, you know, my, 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 you know, my passion and love, you know, for, you know, for PC, for computer. And I've done wonders, you know, through that. So, so, so that's by the way. But there's something in my mind. There's something. There's a sound that I've heard. There's an image that I've seen, all right, that I must express through my hand, through how I shape, through my colors. And that's what God does. He takes you through seasons of shaping and, and, and removing certain colors. They say, this, this part is too dark. Let's add some light color there. And they, they walk on you. They walk on you because, you see, you that is being shaped, you that is being formed, don't know the intention of the one forming it. All right? You don't know. You have no idea. You have no idea what God designed and ordained your life for. You have no idea. You don't have, till today, you don't have an idea. You're just going through all right, the seasons and the process of God. And certain times things happen and it's wow. It's wow. Wow. This is good. This is wonderful. And certain times you're like, what? Did that happen? Did I do that? Did that come from me? And you feel bad. You feel you feel disappointed. It's part of ministry. It's a part of ministry. They show you those things so that you know that it's not by might, it's not by power. So you don't think you've arrived. All right. So they take you all through all those periods. They take you through those you know seasons and processes and things are happening in your life because there is a point. There is something in the heart of the designer that he wants to showcase to, to the world. So that's the hand ministry. Why are they doing this? The loins are guarded with truth, with the belt of truth. Ah, uh-uh, you cried. They said, no, sorry, we're not going to give in. Uh-uh, 
said, you don't listen to the crowd, the child, you just take that child through that season, through that period. Because when that child comes out, then the child is ready, amen, to engage society. That's why some of us, we are bad parents. The moment our child starts weeping and starts crying, then we, then we relax, then we reduce, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the punishment. And then we say, no, no, now you can have it. Go, go ahead, take it. No, go ahead, do it. No, you're destroying the life of that child. You've got to allow, amen, the ministry of parenting to build, to perfect, amen, God's will in the life of that child because you are preparing that child for a day that you will no longer be there. So that when that child, amen, engages society, when that child engages all the children, amen, their spirit will not overpower your children, will not control, will not influence, will not tell your child, you listen to us, you follow us. No, your child will say, no, you listen to me, you follow me. I know the truth, you follow me. He said, that's what it takes. So if you're not, if you're not, if you're not a culture, you're not disciplined parent, listen to me, the, the, the cry, the face of the child will make you just lose it. You know, some, 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 some parents, they just lose it when the child starts crying. No. You got to take the child through the process. That's what God does. He takes us through the process. Because he, he wants a sound, a particular sound to come out of us. All right? So, so this, this, this silver, all right, that is going to be shaped into a trumpet, all right, is being hammered. It's being hammered. It's being hammered. Go back and read Numbers 10, all right? Chapter 1, excuse me, Numbers 10, 1 and 2. They're beating, they're beating this, this silver. They're beating that thing to shape, all right? Because the essence of the beating, amen, is for the, for the blowing, amen, of a sound to come out, a distinct sound. Because when the trumpet, when the trumpet makes an uncertain, uncertain sound, who will be prepared for war? Who will be prepared for battle? So they take you through this. Mm, mm, yes, they're shaping you. That's what God does. He's shaping you. Because when, when the sound begins to come out of you, it will be a clear sound. It will be an unpolluted. It will not be a noise, but it will be a sound of heaven. And then when you go through all that, now... It becomes a time to not execute. It's called the feet ministry. And that's where you gather dust. <laughs> the feet ministry is where you gather dust. Because now you've got to engage. You see, your feet, if you're going to walk, your feet must what? Must touch the ground. You cannot walk on air. If you want to walk on air, not on earth, then you've got to go to space. <laughs> You've got to go to space. But as long as you're down here on earth, your feet, karabayanda, your feet must touch the dust, must touch the ground. As long as you're doing ministry, your feet must touch the ground. And as long as your feet is touching the ground, you're going to gather dust. People are going to say all kinds of things to you. You're going to get angry. You're going to feel rejected. People are going to throw all kinds of things to you. All kinds of things are going to be happening. Issues here and there. All kinds of issues. Yes, it's all dust. 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 And sometimes, while you're trying to help people, you, you become emotionally involved. If you're not careful, that's where men of God fall. They didn't mean to fall. They were trying to help. They were trying to be kind. They were trying to be, you know, to assist people. Then they fall into all kinds of they wonder, how did I get to this point? No, you were not prepared properly. When they were shaping you, you ran. You thought you were ready. They say, wait, let's, let's perfect. No, no. Because there are times when you finish ministry in the life of people, you've got to walk away. Sometimes when people are crying before you, you just need to tell them, sorry, 
Okay, they don't want to hear sorry. So you give them something to wipe their face. You don't hug them. You say bye. You've got to know what God is doing. I'm just saying all these things because listen to this. And I know why the Lord is, the Lord, you know, is stressing this in my spirit because very soon we're going to start something called School of Ministry. This thing has been so strong in my heart. The next crop of people that are going to be engaging what we term as ministry, we need to start building them. The things we define as ministry in the past is obsolete. That thing has been corrupt and God doesn't use anything corrupt. He either cleanses it or he discards it. And I have a sense that he's discarding it. And he's saying, I'm raising for myself because that's what you see in the scripture. Every time God will say, I'm raising for myself. I'm raising for myself. I'm raising for myself. Now there's a declaration of a new day, of a sound of a new day. Guess what? We also got to raise the standard of the ministry of engaging the sound of a new day. So this is where you need to start praying for me. Because we're about to step into some uncharted you know, ground. We've got to begin to engage and redefine the whole, the whole order of ministry, the whole concept of ministry. Because basically that's what I've been doing. All that I've been proclaiming, all that I've been sounding, all that I've been declaring, amen, is the sound of ministry for a new day. So we want to formalize this, this and really step into that idea, into that reality where we can begin to, you know, uh, uh, give people, you know, clarity and, and, and perspective into, you know, what the Lord defines as ministry in this new day. So basically, that's what we're going to be doing. Now, I've said all these things basically to express and to explain to you John 7, 37, it said on that, on that last day, on that last greatest day or that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and called out in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty. So what are we talking about? Look at the point here. Thirst. This is the key. If anyone, it didn't, it didn't say just come. It said if anyone is thirsty. Now for you to be thirsty, for you to be thirsty. You've got to be in a condition, you've got to be in a state, all right, of longing for something, of longing for water. At least, if you say thirsty, that means you're longing for water. If you say everyone is hungry, that definitely you're talking about food here. So, he's talking about a state that will quench, amen, your thirst. So, basically, I'm looking at this point and I'm saying to myself, Lord, why are you talking about thirsty? He said, because a lot of people are thirsty, but they don't know what will really satisfy them. Many of us are thirsty. Some of us in our thirst, we will go get another girlfriend, get another boyfriend. Or in our thirst, we'll go get another job. You think, oh, I, this is my job. I, I, I need to get another job. So you're looking for a job. Or, uh, or some of us, we're thirsty. Okay, maybe I need to just travel. I, I need to leave my environment. Maybe then you leave your environment. Or, uh, some of us in that state of being thirsty. Or, uh, uh, I need to change my circle of friends. Or, uh, now, some of the things that I'm seeing, are all relevant things but if you don't understand that first of all your thirst you've got to identify it within your heart and connect to that thing that is spiritually defined to quench your thirst there is nothing external that can quench the thirst of a man or a woman you know you used to think back then that before you get married or right, that marriage will quench the thirst of sex it doesn't work that way <laughs> it doesn't work that way all right that you have another uh, uh, position or, or you know, uh, 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 education or, you know, qualification. It doesn't quench your thirst. All right? It may pacify it, but it doesn't. 
So, so heaven has placed that thing in our heart that the hunger of man, you see, today, some people in their thirst, they decide, you know, to change their features. I'm tired of being a man. I want to be a woman. So they, so they, they go re- reconfigure their entire life. They, they, they get themselves, they take themselves through this process, this, this rigorous process of changing their entire, you know, uh, you know, sexual biological life. I mean, please don't don't fight these people. Don't get angry with them. Don't just look at them as you know being perverted. Yes, what they're doing is is perversion. But guess what? It's because they are searching for something in their heart. You see, when God opened my eyes to this thing, the way I start looking at these people changes. You 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 need to you need to pray for them. They need help. People in their thirst, they they decide to go become homosexual. They decide to you know they they, they think is because of oh no. Your thirst can only be satisfied not by religion but by God. Not by religion but by God. Not by the church but by God. Yes, do you need church in your life? You do. Do you need religion? You don't need religion. But you need church. You need church. The church is the community of saints who are journeying together all right, into that place called perfection in Christ. Who will carry your hand and say, come walk with us together. You need that community. You need that place where you can be fed. You can be built up. You can be developed. You can be empowered. You can be strengthened. You need people that when you cry, they truly cry with you. When you laugh, they laugh with you. Not people when, when you're crying, they're laughing behind you. And they, you know, they're all pretense. No, you don't need that. That's not the church of Christ. We're talking about the true ecclesia. So God places in your heart desire, longings, but nothing else can feel it. Nothing else can feel it, no matter what you do. You see, that I'm preaching to you right now, my preaching, my declaration of this truth will not fill my heart. Yes, it may feel part of it in terms of I'm fulfilling what I'm called to do, but guess what? That itself, ministry will not fulfill that hunger in your heart. Only your intimate passionate search and hunger your pursuing God your pursuance of God that is what fills your hunger I hope I'm making sense to you if anyone thirsts let him come he made this declaration on that great day and I told you that great day is the day of the feast of trumpets so in the day of the feast of trumpet, you're going to be seeing people that are what? that are hungry that are thirsty but they've got to be able to identify why they are thirsty and who can satisfy, can feel their thirst. This is the point where, I mean, they've done religion. This is the seventh day. People have seen the end of religion. They've gone through the motion. Jesus made this declaration at the feast of, of you know, of, of the tabernacle, the feast of the, uh, you know, of the trumpet. This was the feast where, you know, people are supposed to be set free. People are supposed to be delivered. In fact, it was at this feast that Jesus made that declaration. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Then he went further. He says to even preach the gospel, amen, to the captive, to declare the year of Jubilee. This is the day of Jubilee. The feast, the, you know, the, 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 the feast of the trumpet is the day of Jubilee. So there's this declaration. There's this proclamation. But here is the big clause. It's a big clause. If any man thirsts, are you thirsty? Have you come to realize that you're thirsty? 
Have you come to realize that you're thirsty? Or are you covering your thirst with ministry? With your children? With your husband? With your wife? With your job? Are you trying to suppress your thirst? Alright? With your friends? With the companies you keep? With the money you have? With the location, amen, of your house? Wherever, you see? We, we do all kinds of things to suppress to, to, you know, to cover up. We live, a li- we live in a life of pretense. You're thirsty, but you're, you're doing something else. You're not engaging what will quench your thirst. Come on, I know I'm preaching to you this morning. You're thirsty, but you're engaging something else. You're doing something else. You're, you're uh, focusing on something else. You're emphasizing on something else. No, for you to fill your thirst, you've got to focus. You've got to be journeying to us, the one, the person that can satisfy and quench the thirst. If anyone is thirsty, Jesus made this declaration with a loud voice. In other words, everybody must hear it. If anyone, if anyone is thirsty, he made this declaration calling out with a loud voice. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. Did you hear what he said? Let him come to me. Not let him go to them. Not let him go or her to eat. Let him come to me. He personalized it. Let him come to me. You've got to read the scripture. Let him come to me. This was, this was declared through a loud trumpetous declaration. Let him come to me and drink. And drink. Are you going to drink? You can connect this to the next scripture in chapter 8 where Jesus was in Samaria. You know the story of the woman of Samaria. It's still the same story. It's still connected. You can be fetching in a well, but you're still thirsty. (laughs) You can be going to church, but you're still thirsty. You can be around Christian, but you're still thirsty. You can be you can be in the conventions and in the seminars, and you can be you know connected to all the apostles and all the prophets on, on Facebook. You can be connected to everyone, but you're still thirsty. She was coming fetching, but she's still thirsty. But here is the well sitting on the well. But for you to drink of this well, you've got to follow the protocol. It's not going to happen by chance. That's the point. It's not gonna be it's not gonna happen by chance and it's not gonna happen by force. It's gonna happen because you are willing, because you're desiring, because you want it, because you're hungry for it, because you're longing for it, because you know what it takes, hallelujah, for, for you to be filled. That is how it's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen because you 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 know you're just doing your own thing and you just want to get it done by your own standard. No, no, it's not gonna happen that way. You have to surrender and submit. You want this water? Go bring your husband. You see, he began to deal with what? The issues, the issues of intimacy, the issues that, that connects to this woman's heart deep down, the issues that she's dealing with, the issues that you don't talk about, the issues you don't write about on Facebook. 
this is what Jesus wanted to deal with in the life of this woman. The issues people will never talk about. The issues you will not hear on the pulpit. Go call your husband. That is how close this issue, this matter is. Go call your husband. Are you ready to open up? <laughs> We're talking about the issues of the third day, the issues of the sound of God. It's not dealing with, you see, the real structure that God wants to deal with is not the physical structure, it's the structure that defines the template, the framework of your personal life. Go call your husband. The woman said, I have no husband. In fact, the six man that I'm living with today is not my husband. You've come to the end of yourself. If you're not ready to be honest with God, you will not come to the end of yourself. If we're not ready to be open, Adam, where are you? I am here naked. And not make excuse that you're not ready for God. If you want to come to the day of the Lord, you have to come like this. Open. Naked. Honest. You don't cover yourself with fig leaves. Fig leaves of religion and traditions and talents and gifts because you can sing, because you can preach, because you can do what? Those are fig leaves. The ministry does not make the man, it's the man that makes the ministry. <laughs> Somebody asked me, you know, they used to ask me, Dad, how is ministry? I said, I'm doing fine. They said, No, we're asking about ministry. I said, Well, I'm the ministry. My life is ministry. Every other thing you see that I produce or that you see around is an extension of my life. So that's why a man that is truly called of God, you can't take his ministry from him. You may take everything that he's built. What he built, he can always reproduce. Because the man is the ministry. The ministry is not the man. Don't focus on a thing. Don't focus on the gift. They say, leave that place. Don't do it. Don't go there. They say, no, that's where I want to be known. I want to be seen. I want people to. <laughs> so that my gift, the one who gave you the gift and the talent knows where you are ready and knows where to express that gift in a way where you will not be compromised. Hallelujah. I love what the Lord is saying to us. Let me read one more scripture before we begin to call it a day. Psalm, 80, Psalm 81. Psalm 81. I'm going to read Psalm 81 verse 3. Lift up a song. Strike the tambourine. Play the sweet sounding harp and lyre. Sound the alarms on or sound the trumpet. At the noon moon and at the full moon on the day of the feast. What a word. 
What a word. I'm going to read that again. I just love this psalm. This is David declaring something very prophetic here. That will shift the atmosphere. That will shift, amen, his, his entire, you know, leadership influence. And this is how he's showing us the concept, the prophetic posture of how to engage this day of the feast of the Lord called the Feast of Trumpets. Lift up a song. What kind of a song are we going to be singing? Strike the tambourine. How do we strike tambourines? Play the sweet sounding harp and lyre. What kind of instruments are we supposed to be you know, uh, engaged in, in the spirit? Because yes, these are physical instruments. But this instrument means something. Defines something. Connotes something. Amen. Remember like I told you before. Uh, in, 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 in the order of the orchestra, when, 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 there's a, when there's a sound, everyone has got their own sound. Oh, look. I've got to do this, Father. Everyone has got their own you know, sound position. There's one playing the, the, the trombone. There's one playing the, uh, um, the harp. There's one playing the trumpet. There's one playing the, uh, the, the violin. There's another person playing uh, um, you know, the guitar. There's somebody playing the flute. There's one playing the saxophone. You know, everybody's got their own sound and their own voice and their own you know, a position. This is God. This is how we advance in the sound of God. And there's one conductor. You don't have two conductors. There's just one conductor. And that conductor is the Holy Spirit. Amen. And everybody in their own skill, in their own perfected, you know, sound, begin to release a song, begin to release a sound. And the sound blends together to the point where all this, for all I care, 20, 30 instruments all begins to make one sound, make one sound, and that sound is known or defined as symphony, symphony, is synchronized into one sound. So when you hear the sound, you, you can hardly hear, you know, a distinct one because they're all sing, they're all sounding together. This, all the songs are blended together, you know, and, the, and they're sounding sweet to your ears. And, and, and as the sounding, you know, sweet to your ears, the conductor, hallelujah, is, is, is defining the movements of the song and which one must go before which, hallelujah, and which one must sound at which, and how one must, you know, mellow down for another to rise up. So, so we, we, we see this, you see, God uses even natural things to explain to us because people say, well, yes, how do we understand what God is doing? He says, don't you understand? If you don't understand me, okay, then look at natural things. Look at natural things to understand what I'm trying to say to you. Don't you understand these things? That even nature speaks of these things? You've got to understand. They're all singing. They're all playing their instrument. But no one, hallelujah, is overdoing it. No one is overemphasizing. They all got trumpets. But the trumpets are sounding, hallelujah, as one. 300 trumpets sounding as one. Hundred, you know, a, a trumpet stand, sounding as one. You will, you will notice it. Hallelujah! In fact, let me not go, be, you know, um, above my my limit. Let me just, you know, stay on this. Let's let's remain on this. Lift up the song, strike the tambourine, play the sweet sounding harp and lyre. It said, verse three, sound the ram's horn, sound the trumpet at where. 
of a new season. You see, back then they don't have a kind of calendar, so they use the moon to def- you know to define you know seasons calendar or you know so so it says at the at the new moon. So at the appearing of the new moon, there is a particular sound that the people must sound. At the new moon, he said, at the full moon, at the fullness of the moon, on the day, on the day of the feast of trumpets. For this is a statute for Israel, an ordinance, an ordinance, an ordinance of God for Jacob. This, this is given to us, hallelujah, as what? As a statue. A statue is basically like a constitution. It's like an order. It's like what guides our existence, our community. He said, this is a statue for Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob for us. Come on. We've got to understand how our sound, how our instrument, amen, must blend in and must begin to, amen, respond to the speakings, to the, to the declarations of heaven. As to begin to hear what heaven, amen, is saying and emphasizing for our life. And we begin to blow, hallelujah, and begin to sound and begin to hit our tambourine and begin to play and begin to, hallelujah, proclaim that sweet sound, the harp and the lyre. And we begin to blow the trumpet of God. Something begins to shift in the atmosphere. Hallelujah, that declares a new day. Oh, my word. Sabrada Bayamba. He said, This sound must be proclaimed, must be declared. Where? On the new day, at the full moon of the day of the feast. In the day of the feast of the Lord, a new sound is proclaiming the earth. The feast of the Lord, hallelujah, are days where we come into the nymphos, into the reality, into intimacy of God, hallelujah, with God. It's a day where we begin to dine with God, the day of the feast of the Lord. Remember we read the scripture? And God called, you know, Moses, Aaron, and the rest, say, come, I want to meet with you. So they went, the Bible says, they, they were caught up into the mountains, into the cloud, amen, and they saw the God of Israel. And they ate with him. And the Lord did not kill them. Why? Because it is his desire to bring his people to him. It is God's desire to have an inheritance. Amen. Found in him. Found in oneness with him. God doesn't want us to remain afar. He wants us to come close. So the sound that we are declaring, we are proclaiming, is a sound that is taking us closer. That is bringing us nearer. Hallelujah. To the Father. The kingdom of God is coming near you. That kingdom, that coming of the kingdom is coming via a sound. As you're hearing this sound, the kingdom is coming near you. It's a day of intimacy. In that intimacy, we begin to understand certain realities in the Father. You see, we don't understand, we don't, we cannot come into God until, amen, we have that ability that the Bible called the hearing ears. And as we begin to hear, amen, we begin to identify which sound we're hearing. Not the noise, not the noise, not the noise, not the noise, not the noise. We know the sound, amen. We're not, we're not, we're not hearkening to the sound, excuse me, to the noise of Nebuchadnezzar that they, that the, that they said, if you hear this sound, every nation must bow the knees. We are not going to bow the knees to the ungodly sound of Babylon and humanistic 
you know, realities of our day. No, there's a, there's, a, there's a different sound we are waiting for. There is a new sound earlier we want to respond to. It's called the sound of heaven. It's called the sound of the feast, hallelujah, of trumpet. We are waiting and we are ready and we are positioning ourselves, hallelujah, to engage to this sound. And once we hear that sound, listen to this, nothing can stop us. No man, no institution, no power, no devil, no, no circumstance on earth. Sound the ram at the new moon, at the full moon, on the day of the feast. This will be a good place to stop this morning. Then maybe we'll continue in the afternoon as the Lord will lead us. If the weather is fine, it's planning to rain here. When, it's, when it rains, we don't get a good signal. So I'm just believing God for something that will circumvent the weather <laughs> so I can broadcast even when the weather is not right. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I hear you, Tina. We're not bow to the sound of Babylon. No, we cannot bow to the sound of Babylon. We only bow to the sound of the new day. The sound of the feast of the tabernacle, the sound of the feast of trumpet. Oh, thank you, Father. I just love the Lord. I love the way he speaks. I love the way he deals with us. I love the way he, 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 he opens our hearts to, to drink and to draw from him. So much has been said this morning. So much still needs to be said, but I'm very conscious of time. We have here comes the rain now as so I'm speaking. The rain is just starting now. But we thank God. I've been speaking for the past uh, an hour, 30 minutes plus. I think those who don't have, you know, long span of attention already gone by now. But those who are hungry, remember that's a key word. If you're hungry, if you're hungry, you will sit. If you're hungry, you don't mind. You don't mind connecting for the next. You see, there are all kinds of perverted philosophy and beliefs that have been built within the mind of people and we're seeing all this as you listen watch you know um, um, YouTube and you listen to people psychologists they tell you people have this very short exp- you know expand of attention just very, just you've got to quickly catch the people you know while they've got that attention you know while they're listening just give them the main point God doesn't work like that if you want to catch God it's not going to be by bullet. You've got to be ready. You've got to be prepared. You've got to be hungry. You've got to search. You've got to... You've, you, you, you see, if you want the things of God, the, the bottom line is you've got to be thirsty. That's, the, that's what we just read. Jesus said, if any man thirst. So if you're not thirsty, why would you be coming to listen? If you're not thirsty, why would you want to be part of this frequency? If you just want Isaiah to give you bullet points, pam, 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 pam. Sorry, that's not me. That's not the prophetic. I'm not here to hype anybody. In fact, my plan is do this recording, you leave it there, whoever wants will, you know, will, will listen to it. That's the plan. And that's why, you know, I, I came so early, you know, to speak. So that when you wake up, if you feel, oh, you want to join, well, go ahead. Welcome. Make my, make my day. Let's be part of what God is doing. But if you don't want to, all well and good. 
This is a day where, amen, those who have the ears will hear and they will respond. And those who don't have the ears will stay away. They will stay away. We cannot live our life based on what psychology, based on what humanistic philosophy, all right, is saying that, well, people have very short span of time. Very, excuse me, very short span of, you know, attention. No, no, you've got to proclaim, all right? I mean, we, we, we see what was happening in the scripture. Paul was preaching at a point, amen, in one of his, you know, you know um, missionary work. A guy was, was sleeping while Paul was preaching on the third story building. He fell down. Paul went and, he, you know, wake him up again. The guy was dead. They, they gave back life to him. Come back. And Paul continued the message. He preached the message from night till morning. Read the scripture. Where are we getting our, you know, our values from? Now people, you know, people just want small, small. You just give them, no. Don't embrace, don't embrace those ungodly values. Because they will not build capacity in you. If you want, then you've got to be thirsty. God said, these people, 32,000, they're too much. Gideon, bring the people. Bring them to the waters. Let me test them for you. God is going to be testing our attitude, our character, how we respond to his work. You see, I'm supposed to be rounding up now. I'm preaching again. <laughs> God will begin to test our response, amen, to the things of God, to, to his things in this last day. If you're not ready to go that extra mile, they say if somebody wants to ask you to go a mile, say be ready to go too. So where do we get the attitude of uh, it's just going to be very short and small? I'm not giving you, you know, my punching line. I'm telling you the word of the Lord. I'm not trying to sell something. I'm not a marketer. I'm not selling anything. I'm declaring thou seer the Lord. So in your own time, when you have the time, you can sit down and listen to what the Lord is saying to you. I'm rounding up now. Thank you so much. This is one hour, 40 minutes we've done. Almost two hours. And I'm still very fresh. I can go another two hours. But we'll stop here. Thank you. Appreciate every one of you. Father, thank you for all the people that have tuned in this morning to listen, to be part of this broadcast. Thank you for their life. Thank you for your will. Thank you for your counsel. Thank you for your desire. Thank you for birthing your will in their life. Thank you for releasing this word, oh God, this word they will run with it. The men of God who tune in, the women of God, everyone, may your word bring us to a new level of interaction and engagement. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We also appreciate those who have been listening on our radio, online broadcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. May God continue to bless you. May he continue to empower you. May he continue to cause his face to shine upon you. Have yourself a blessed day. Bye-bye.